Hey there, welcome to night school. As this car passes by, nothing like a nice car sound for an intro. Need, needs to have a honking horn. The intro to this show should be a car driving by with a honking horn. But yeah, I'm out for just a little night walk here, and it's funny, I'm looking at all the Halloween decor, and this year I'm noticing a lot more skeletons, a lot more lifelike skeletons. And I'm very observant when it comes to Halloween decorations. I do a lot of walking. I do a lot of suburban walking. And uh, so I'm, I'm fairly observant every year when it comes to this sort of thing. And, uh, you, you know, I've talked about this before. Probably every every Halloween the last couple of years, I've probably done an episode like this where I talk about how Halloween is the new secular Christmas where people go all out all month for Halloween like they would Christmas and not just people not just families with kids like you would expect people who get into the festive mood the whole family oriented kids trick-or-treating people trick-or-treating at your house that sort of thing but uh, a lot of young people without kids a lot of young adults couples and I know a lot of people like this and I think you know it's cool it's fun I've always enjoyed Halloween but it's interesting how these people who are in their... I mean, the people I'm talking about are 30s and 40s. And they're generally people who don't have any children of their own. And I'm noticing that they just go all out. And it, it's almost religious in a weird way. They're often people who have some sort of interest in... You know, whether it's some sort of music, some sort of dark music, or some sort of... Maybe they're into horror movies, heavy metal, goth music, whatever it is. You know, it's not only them, but I definitely notice it going on with them. Which is funny, because they kind of live a Halloween 365 days a year. Their aesthetic is sort of that, three, 365 days. I think that's how many days are in a year. Most years. <laughs> Non-leap years. But, uh, it'd be funny if Halloween was on Leap Day. It'd be funny if we leapt Halloween, if we leaped over Halloween every four years, or however, however that works. People would be upset. <laughs> People would be pretty upset if Leap Year was, uh, actually Halloween every year. We skipped Halloween almost every year almost what people are doing this year but no i see a lot of decorations and it's it's cool i like that people are festive i like that people decorate i like that people participate but the one thing i'm noticing like i was saying is you know there is this kind of a trend where my generation maybe generation x too they go all in on Halloween, and some of these are the same people too who get mad that Christmas decorations are out early, or that people keep their decorations up too long. Meanwhile, some of these people, like I said, I mean, they're basically living in a Halloween house all the time. This house up here has a dragon, which is cool, a big giant spider and a dragon. Don't normally see that, don't normally see a Halloween dragon, it's big too. I mean, about the size of a baby dragon, but uh... Still about about my size, you know, because that's about my size. I'm about the size of a baby dragon. But yeah, what I'm actually noticing a lot of this year, to get back to the original point, is a lot of lifelike skeletons. 
and I don't remember seeing this many. I mean, obviously people do have those, but I'm seeing a lot of skeleton setups and I've seen them online as well, both in the flesh and, and online. And it's interesting too, because the neighborhoods I'm talking about around here are neighborhoods that I've been walking through for 10, 15 years, as long as I've lived here. So I'm pretty familiar with their Halloween decor. I get to see it year in and year out. It's not like I'm suddenly walking through neighborhoods that have a, a much greater interest in lifelike skeletons in their yard. These are the same neighborhoods I always see. But it does make me think, you know, it does make me think why that is, why there's a sudden trend toward putting lifelike skeletons. And you can't help but think of the general... You know, it's a morbid, it's just a morbid climate right now. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit more of a morbid climate. There's a lot more obsession with death one way or another between, you know, a greater acceptance of, of political violence between this pretty much, you know, six, seventh, seven month long obsession with a deadly virus. You do see where that plays into Halloween decor. And maybe someone would say I'm full of it. Maybe someone would say I'm seeing, I'm reading too far into it. But that's what I do. That's what I do. Is I read too far into things. And I do think there is some sort of correlation between much more stark and morbid Halloween decorations. And it's not just something that I've seen in these neighborhoods that I'm familiar with. I've seen it online as well, or I've seen people who live in other places that I know posting photos of just houses they pass by. And so I'm seeing more skeletons there as well, these lifelike skeleton. A skeleton replica. We're the only species, as far as I know, that makes semi-realistic, cheap, replicas of our skeleton, of our own skeletons. And uh, so, yeah, these plastic skeletons, but they're, you know, they're somewhat realistic. You know, if you were walking in the middle of the woods and you came to a clearing and you saw one of these skeletons from five feet away, you'd probably do a double take. They're not cartoony. You know, they're not very cartoony, although you have to figure, like, someone out there owns an actual skeleton. They own a real person skeleton who has died. And they probably have that skeleton in their yard. <laughs> Somebody goes too far and they have a, a real skeleton. But yeah, it does make me wonder if just the general morbid climate, people feeling... Like, there's a lot of people who are in dire situations, there's just... There's so much hostility in the air. There's so many people thinking and talking about some kind of civil war. And then there's the fact that we've been just fearing for our lives for the past seven months. Obsessively fearing for our lives. Feeling like we could get sick and die at any second. Hearing news about people getting sick and dying the world over. And so it doesn't seem that surprising that suddenly people are like, Hey, you know what our yard needs this Halloween? Realistic skeletons. But yeah, it, it seems to be a big trend because I've seen a lot of it online as well. And I don't go looking for Halloween decorations. I'm not the kind of person who does image searches online for, for Halloween decor. I just don't do it. 
So this is all just stuff I've seen incidentally, which could mean there's even more of it. Maybe there's many more skeleton decorations than even I'm seeing. But yeah, secular Christmas. Because people, they've grown really resistant to Christmas. It's been a, a big trend as long as I've been a teenager. You know, I, I worked for my high school newspaper, and I remember a girl in our class, a girl who worked for the paper, wrote this editorial one year about how nobody, nobody takes Christmas seriously anymore. Nobody's really in the Christmas spirit, this teenage girl. And I think she was right, though. While people do celebrate it, there's been a lot more resistance to it. And I think the religious connotation has turned some people off, because the same people I'm talking about who seem to go all out for Halloween and treat it like uh, the Christmas season, really. They go all in. They watch, you know, horror movies like they would Christmas movies. They're really in the Halloween spirit. You know, they're generally not particularly religious. <laughs> not only not particularly religious, they're generally self-professed atheists. But you can see where this holiday means something to them. And I think there's something rebellious to it as well. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you would hear about religious fundamentalists, fundamentalist Christians protesting Halloween, protesting the celebration of death, of demons and ghoulish spirits. And that's what's always been strange to me about Halloween costumes, where it's a day to dress like ghouls. You dress like a ghoul of some kind. I mean, of course, it's, you know, little girls will dress like princesses. But like I said, ghouls. Princesses are ghouls. A ghoulish princess. No, but people will wear just normal costumes. They'll be something else. They'll role play. It's a role playing holiday. It's a LARPing holiday. You don't necessarily dress as something ghoulish or bad. But, you know, it's a day where you can do that and not be considered weird. It's a day where you can be something bad. You can be the bad guy. You can LARP as a villain without actually being thought of as a villain. Uh, there was a year where my best friend and I... Best friend and I went on... We were drag racing. No. Uh, my, my best friend and I dressed as the Scream Killers. Which I'm sure every kid that year was the Scream Killer. We had those masks and everything. The original mask. Not the one with the little smile on it. We had the, the original scream mask. But it's a day to do that, you know? It's, it's a day to be a ghoul. Which is why it's so funny when someone crosses the line. It's like, you can be a, a, a ghost, a killer. You can be a, a monster. You can be something villainous. But don't go too far. You know, you hear about people getting in trouble for their Hitler costumes, their... Someone went as an SS soldier. And you'd think that would fit with the idea of, oh, it's a day to be a villain. It's a day to dress like a villain. Not to behave like a villain. Don't do anything horrible. Most people don't. Most people who dress as something demonic or ghoulish don't actually hurt anybody. It's a day to do that. Um, but yeah, if you dress as something like historic, something that's inappropriate in a historic context, you'll get in trouble, which I don't completely understand.
I don't entirely understand why you'd set a boundary there. Because I don't think that somebody who's going to dress as something that's historically inappropriate is necessarily doing it to hurt anybody's feelings. In the same way that dressing as some sort of murderer isn't doing it to actually murder somebody or to, th or to scare somebody. I mean, I, was, I went through a phase where I was a, a different serial killer each year. I was Jeffrey Dahmer, which was pretty much a non-costume. I wore all gray. I wore a button-up gray shirt and gray pants, and it all matched so that it looked kind of like a prison outfit. And then I, I had bought some glasses that were kind of, they had like a big bridge, kind of like those big, those, those glasses that old men wear, they still wear, old men still wear them sometimes, but I mean, nowadays old men wear like trendy black frame glasses like everybody else, but you know, what we think of as old man glasses, they're kind of big with like a big double bridge over the nose. Uh, and uh, I wore glasses kind of like that. And then a, a, a friend lent me a, you know, a fake, a plastic severed hand. And so I just carried that around and people knew who I was, amazingly. Amazingly, people knew who I was. Jeffrey Dahmer is that infamous. Jeffrey Dahmer is that well known in pop culture that people figured out who I was just because I was in an all gray outfit with glasses and my hair parted on the side with a hand, with a severed hand. And then I, I was uh, Charles Manson. You know, I wasn't wearing an entirely accurate outfit. I had long dark hair and a, a, I dyed my beard dark. And then I drew an X in my forehead. Obviously wasn't going to put the swastika on my forehead. Uh, for the same reasons that I just outlined, you know, for some reason you can't do that. You can be, a, you can be Charles Manson without upsetting anybody. But you don't want to be too accurate. You know, while he did have the cross and he turned it into a swastika, you don't want to be that accurate because that will bother people. Even though they know you're being Charles Manson, there's a boundary that you're not supposed to cross there. Not supposed to cross, get it? And I wore a camouflage jacket. That's where things weren't entirely accurate. I don't think Charles Manson ever wore a camo jacket, but I was obviously him. And then I was uh, the Unabomber. Which, again, that was just a lazy costume. All I did is shave my facial hair into a mustache, wear big aviators, and I had a gray hoodie that I just kept on. And then I, I drew a... I used a postal package, and I drew a bomb on it with a, a fuse lit. And so people, again, a lot of people actually knew what I was. And... Uh, which is great. It's nice when you can just wear a very subtle costume like that and people can just figure it out because they know that iconic image, that wanted poster for Ted Kaczynski of the hoodie with sunglasses and a mustache. And the, the bomb, the fake bomb that I was using, of course, sealed the deal. And what's funny about that is I remember being at a bar that night. I was up getting a drink. And uh, a young woman came up to me, and she was like, you're the Unabomber. And I was like, I am. And she was like, only a white boy could get away with that. And I just didn't say anything in response. It's like, yeah, well, I, probably because nobody would know who I was if I wasn't a white boy. 
you know, she meant it in the sense that, like, other people would be in trouble for it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I have an idea of what she meant by that. I mean, I, in the same way that anybody who makes a statement like that means it. But I just, what I thought was so funny about her saying that was the fact that it's like, yeah, well, only a white person could really accurately dress like the Unabomber and have anybody know who he was. <laughs> it's, like, it's like saying, like, only somebody who can grow a mustache can, can get away with that. Only somebody wearing sunglasses and a hood. That'd be an even funnier way. It's like, only somebody with a mustache, sunglasses, and a hood could get away with being the Unabomber. And it's like, yeah. I feel like that's about the level that saying only a white boy could get away with it would be on. Um, but yeah, what, what could I possibly say in response? I just ordered my drink. And uh, went back to my seat and finished my manifesta. Manifesta. But uh, then my final, the big, the the final serial killer Halloween costume, and I recognize Charles Manson isn't really a serial killer. He gets lumped in with that. That's the category he gets placed in. But of course, Charles Manson doesn't actually qualify. Anybody who knows anything knows that. And then the final one, though, I was the the Zodiac killer. A, a friend of my girlfriend recommended it, and my girlfriend at the time was very creative, and she made me the mask, and it was really good. It was really big. I was this giant blockhead, but yeah, we, we like fixed a piece of cardboard under a big piece of black cloth, and, and then, uh, you know, cut eye holes. She measured it all around my head. And then put a piece of Velcro on the cardboard inside, and then put the other piece of Velcro on a beanie. So I had this beanie with a piece of Velcro on the top, and then that would attach to the cardboard to keep the mask steady on my head, to keep it, to keep the eye holes in place, as they say. Keep those eye holes in place. And then had the sunglasses, like she sewed the sunglasses into the sides of the eye holes so that they wouldn't fall out either. I mean, she really, I mean, what a, what a wonderful, nice thing to do for your boyfriend. To not just humor him by letting him be the Zodiac killer, but to actually make a really nice Zodiac mask. And then in, with white shoe, pa shoe palace, shoe polish, she drew the Zodiac symbol, the the bullseye, whatever you call it, the uh, cross, what, what, what's that called? I mean, it's kind of like a, kind of a sun wheel, actually, but speaking of controversial Halloween costumes, but it's a, I guess, a bullseye, a, a sight. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my words here when it comes to what that's called. Uh, crosshairs. There we go. I knew it would come to me. See, it always works that way. The second that you decide you don't care about the word... That's when it comes to you. Crosshair. It's like when you're trying to remember an actor's name and you don't give in to the weak, modern urge to look at IMDb. The second you stop caring what the actor's name is is when the actor's name comes to you. It's like if you've ever tried to remember a guitar riff 
you're having trouble, you just can't remember a certain note. It's a, it's a riff you haven't played in a while. And the second you stop caring and you just kind of riff around, that's when you hit the note. That's when the note becomes available. When you're no longer struggling to find that note and fit it in. It's when you relax and just move on with your life. I mean, the same thing kind of happens if you... <laughs> same thing kind of happens if you uh, break up with somebody. Like, you spend a month, two months, the rest of your life. Now, you spend this chunk of time, though, kind of like... Even if you're the one who did it, you spend this chunk of time being like, Man, maybe we'll get back together. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get back together. And you, you're secretly hoping for that. And you love hearing from them. You love it when they text you. And then, as soon as you start seeing somebody new, or you've just moved on, that's when suddenly you start hearing from them. It's kind of the same thing. IMDB, actors' names. Remembering guitar riffs. Remembering the word crosshairs. Crosshair. I don't know if it's plural or not. The crosshairs. But yeah, that was my last serial killer costume. That was the last time that I was a serial killer for Halloween. I've moved on with my life. Speaking of moving on with your life, I've moved on from my days of dressing like murderers. But it was seen as somewhat acceptable. You know, like that girl made the comment like only a white boy could be the Unabomber for Halloween. And it's, duh. Of course, who else? You know? But, uh, you know, you, I, I, there were a couple comments like that. There were some people who were like, ooh, that's, that's creepy. Like, a lot of people thought my Dahmer costume was really creepy because it was so subtle. I had to do so little, yet my demeanor, I, I kind of carried myself a little differently. So it's like my demeanor was a little bit different, and it was subtle enough to where people who knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was, because I do kind of look like him. Especially when I, I feel like, especially when I was a little bit younger, I don't know, I don't know what changed, but uh, I do, I definitely, I can see where I, I look like him, and so it was just, it was subtle enough to bother people, and so I got a lot of comments that my Dahmer was very creepy, which I interpreted it really though as you're creepy, because there was actually so little about me that was different from me normally. The people telling me I was really creepy just felt like it was finally their opportunity to tell me what they always felt about me. And <laughs> that was their opportunity. But yeah, Halloween, I mean, I, I enjoy it. You know, I do, I genuinely enjoy it. It was always my favorite holiday as a kid, although I like Christmas. I don't like Halloween at the expense of Christmas. Halloween has not replaced Christmas. Halloween is not my Christmas. While I do think it has kind of taken that place for some people. Because I think there's a need to have a big holiday. And, and that's another thing that's so cross-cultural. Is that human beings need holidays. It, it's punctuation throughout the year. You, you know, it's like... It's, it's the next thing to look for. You know, a holiday happens, and it's like you're... It, it's almost like... A, these are like the dots that the year is aligned around. They're almost like constellations. 
They're like the dots that form a constellation, and that constellation is the year. And so it's like you go from one dot to the next. I know that was probably, probably not a good analogy. <laughs> but it does feel that way, where it's like, okay, that was that holiday, now we're looking for this holiday. Now we're looking for the next holiday. One holiday down, three to go. But yeah, it is funny how we do that. We have a need for that. You can't replace holidays entirely. You can't not have one. I think people feel dirty or something. It's like you almost feel... It's like you're out of alignment if you didn't have a holiday to look forward to. Even if you don't celebrate it, you're conscious of it. I mean, Thanksgiving is very much that for me. I've just never enjoyed the food. You know, I mentioned, I've talked about this before, but it's like, I think of the food being the same color as the decorations for Thanksgiving. And decorating for Thanksgiving is a whole other level. I didn't grow up in a family that decorated for Thanksgiving. But in school, we would do that. You know, you'd, just, you'd make a turkey out of your hand. You'd cook your hand and eat it. That, that severed hand that I carried around for my Jeffrey Dahmer costume, I actually turned into a turkey a month later. Uh, but, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, and there was always something kind of depressing about Thanksgiving to me. And I'm not saying that in this, like, oh, colonization, what the, what the pilgrims did to the natives. I'm not even saying it in that way. Just even when you separate it from whatever... Whatever the, the muddy history is, the events that led up to Thanksgiving, what Thanksgiving actually is, beyond all that, just the decorations, just the vibe of Thanksgiving has always brought me down a notch, and I've avoided participating in it whenever possible. Because there is, it's, it's like in school they would decorate for it, and it's like brown, maroon, yellow, orange, Maybe a couple different shades of brown. Just these weird, like, body waste. It's like they're the same colors of everything that comes out of your body or something. And that's how I feel about Thanksgiving. It seems just... And the food and stuff was always that way as well. Like, the colors, the shades never did it for me. The colors and shades of Thanksgiving food made me think of those decorative colors. Maroon, brown yellow it's just like eating and going to the bathroom is the feeling i get with thanksgiving and i like meat you know it's not like i really have a problem with any of the individual foods but it's just sort of the whole the whole show of it just never did it for me i mean it should be no surprise you know i've done these long rants on the show about how i feel about sitting in restaurants i don't love sitting at a table with a bunch of people eating you know, my, I think dinner tables should be built in such a way that you all have your backs to each other. When you're done eating, you can turn around. They should be like swiveling stools. And you can turn around when you're done eating to talk. But while you are eating, while you are having this Thanksgiving feast, you should have your backs to one another. Nobody should see each other eat. I mean, I w I would, I'd probably like Thanksgiving a little more with that in mind. 
But yeah, that was never one that I celebrated too much. I'm totally fine with other people celebrating it. But I guess why that came up is even when you don't celebrate a holiday, you're thinking about it all day. At least I do. Even if I'm, I don't celebrate a particular holiday, I guess it has to be on a certain... It has, it has to have a, a certain cultural weight, I guess. Obviously, there are holidays that aren't celebrated by, by most people. Like, I don't think about Hanukkah. <laughs> you know, like like I don't sit around on Hanukkah on the on the however many days there are of Hanukkah thinking about Hanukkah while I'm not celebrating Hanukkah. Obviously, days like that that you know that aren't you know just not part of my cultural upbringing. I'm not going to sit around thinking of them. But it, it's kind of like what I talk about with the Super Bowl, where it's like I've known many people over the years who don't like football, they don't like professional sports, and they really don't like the Super Bowl. But they'll let you know. And it's if, if you are friends with them online, on social media, they love to tell you that they're not watching the Super Bowl. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. And uh, I mean, it makes me think of black metal too, where... There was a trend after Euronymous died where a lot of black metal bands would say, this album is dedicated to Euronymous. And then a band released a, a CD and in the liner notes it said, this album is not dedicated to Euronymous, which is a funny little, you know, nice little oppositional defiance there. But that made me think of people who are like, guess what I'm not watching today? I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Guess what I'm not celebrating? Thanksgiving. But you can't not think about it. You know, while you don't, you might not need to be the person who says that. When you know that everybody is thinking about that same thing, you can't not think of it. It's like pretending not to know it's election day in a week. You can't pretend not to know it's, it's that day. Unless you really are that oblivious, which is great. Props to anybody who doesn't know. Props to anybody who doesn't stay conscious of those things. Although that's a weird thing, I mean, on a completely different topic, where if you don't get the news of the day, not a holiday, but if there's some big breaking news that came out on a given day, and, and it's maybe, it's caused people to be sad, or it's caused people to be upset, and if, if you happen to be in a decent mood, if you're just joking around, if you're just having a good time, and you didn't get the memo, people will be upset about you, because they think you're being irreverent. And of course, sometimes I am, but that's just a funny thing that happens, where it's like, if you don't get the memo that day, it's almost like everybody else is celebrating a certain holiday, or everybody else is more appropriately at some kind of funeral. They're all having some kind of mental funeral, speaking of metal references. And meanwhile, you're just going about your day. I mean, I've, I've experienced that in many different ways, both in person, where you go to a place and everybody you know seems to be on kind of a weird note and you're just having a, a, the time in your life. And then you come to find out there was some like political news that brought everybody down. And uh, I've seen it, it's, it's happened online as well, of course, since online is just a, a version of what we experience already, kind of a heightened version in some ways. I've had that happen. And I've also made jokes that were 
unintentionally that unintentionally sounded like something that people were upset about that I didn't know about. Like there was a day a few years ago where I found this, it was an area near a water tower that you can go to in this town and it has this big, it's not really a parking lot, but it's just a giant concrete lot that you can kind of, people will play street hockey there. And they have these vents that are surrounded by chain link fences they're or they're they're surrounded by chain link cages they look like those cages that uh, if you've ever seen if you've ever seen like prison documentaries about super max and i'm not talking about a superhero named max but like the super maximum security prisons like there's one in colorado i think marion illinois see i've seen my documentaries i've read my books speaking of unabomber i think he was a marion or one of those and uh, but uh, if you've seen those like when they allow the guys their hour a day to get exercise on the roof or whatever it is they put them in these small individual cages and they're just basically chain link cages that are locked and i think it's like maybe like five feet by five feet they're pretty small but there's these cages that look like that at this area by the water tower and they're there to, to make it so people can't mess with the vent these ventilation systems or something like that i don't know what they are exactly some sort of utility some sort of city utility and i just i've been so amused by these cages though for whatever reason because they're obviously not meant for anybody to be locked up in and it's kind of weird that they're as tall as they are because they're more than tall enough for anybody who's not seven foot four to go inside so they're they're basically the same things as these supermax prison cages but i've just i've i've never stopped finding them amusing for that reason because there's no reason for them there's no re like they could have just put some sort of grate or something over these vents but they decided to build these big like cages you could put a person in but anyway long story short i remember that day a few years ago it was a nice day and I ended up taking a picture of myself doing the peace sign in front of those cages. And I, I ended up sharing it online and I made some kind of comment that was like a very small cage for a very small person or, you know, something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it was. I was, I was being weird. Maybe thought I was being witty in some way. And then I came to find out later that day that was the day that the news had broken that there were these immigration detention centers at the border and kids were being put in cages this thing still continues to be controversial now but it was the day that the news broke about that that morning and i was just on this long journey wandering around town and i happened to take this picture no clue whatsoever that this was in the news hadn't touched base with the world the real world at all and I managed to make a joke about small cages. <laughs> so, you know, an odd synchronicity there that I'm sure put some people off, you know. And, and as somebody who probably, you know, as somebody who already does, you know, go in, lean towards sort of an irreverent sense of humor, I'm sure it just, it's like, there's no way I could defend myself out of that. I don't, I don't think anybody said anything, but it was just very bad timing. And sometimes that happens. It's sort of synchronistic. 
And uh, <laughs> it's just proof that synchronicity isn't always ultra exciting. It's not always, well, it's exciting, but synchronicity isn't always just pure joy and wonder. There are dark synchronicities, and some of them uh, can reflect very badly on you, which is just sort of funny. But yeah, me posing in front of this small cage, making a joke about, like, something to the effect, I swear I said something like, very small people, very small cages, or something to that effect, and it just so happened that real small people, children, were getting locked up, and the news broke that day. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously I'm not commenting or making light on that, uh, making light of that, but the whole, that whole synchronicity, that whole coincidence, however, however you want to put it, is just like, oh man, you know, there's no way I can defend myself, yet I'm innocent. I mean, there are people who would probably want to lock me in a cage for that joke. But, uh, you know, here we are, Halloween. It's also my dog's birthday, which is really fun. His name is Batman, and his birthday's on Halloween, so he's going to get a nice fun day. He's going to get dressed up and treated real well. So it's that's a nice thing, you know, when you have a, a pet, a wonderful little creature who matters to you, and their day happens to coincide with a holiday. You know, even if I decided that I didn't want to celebrate Halloween anymore, even if I decided to become, you know, fundamentalist Christian and no longer celebrate Halloween, I could at least just celebrate that day as my dog's birthday, which would be funny. And, uh, you know, same thing for, you know, Christmas. I was born a couple days after Christmas, and I always get the question of, do your parents, did they celebrate them both? And I'm like, no, you know, when I was younger, they, they did a good job at making a distinction. Although often, you know, family who would only be in town for Christmas Day would kind of couple the two together. Uh, but, uh, you know, when your birthday coincides with a holiday, you know, you can always decide that you want to celebrate the birthday, even if you don't want to celebrate the holiday. It's like you got an option, but you still need to have the holidays. As I was saying, you can't, a human being cannot live without a, a holiday every once in a while, which is why everybody throughout time, throughout the world has them. And I, I do wonder about new holidays. As people get tired of the old holidays, you know, I, I wonder what the new holidays will be. I mean, I think some of them aren't, aren't holidays that I would want to celebrate. But we'll see what happens in that way, because I know we can't go without holidays, just like we can't seem to go out, go without some sort of dogmatic belief system like a religion. And we're seeing that play out right now. We're just like there's a, a secular Christmas in the form of Halloween. We're seeing where these secular religions are forming based around science and progressivism. So maybe that'll be the, the big war. You know, the people who celebrate Halloween and the people who celebrate Christmas. Maybe those two holidays are going to be the axis of the culture war. 
Hopefully not, because there's plenty of people who care about both, and I'm one of them. I'm one of those people who cares about both Halloween and Christmas, and I don't think that makes me a fence-sitter. Take